Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show on Get More Done Faster, Simple Time Management Strategies with my special guest, Tanya Dotson. I'm Sharissa Sebastian, a coach, speaker, Huffington Post writer, and the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. I'm a certified career success coach for ambitious women, and I hold my certification through the International Coaching Federation. My passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed, mainly in their professional lives and in the area of life balance, to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. You can find more information on me and what I do on my website at sharissasebastian.com. So let's get into today's discussion sponsored by audible.com. Do you feel like you just don't have enough time in your day? Do you wish you knew some really simple strategies to get what you need to get done without burning out? If so, today's show is absolutely perfect for you. My special guest, Tanya Dotson, is here to share some of those nuggets with you. Tanya is a time management specialist and a global business consultant specializing specializing in organizational business and leadership capability. She has been recognized by international organizations for her leadership and powerful contributions. Tanya, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for a great introduction. Oh, thank you so much for for joining us. This is a big topic, very, very, um, you know, very talked about, and so I'm very excited to dive in. Would you like to take a few moments to introduce uh, yourself to our audience? Sure. Well, as you heard, my name is Tanya Dotson. Um, I am an American, but I have been living in Copenhagen, Denmark for the past 26 years. I've just recently returned to the United States, and um, about five years ago, 2010, I developed this uh, time management program that I've been running and um, it started off with me doing coursework or rather actually uh, leading courses for people that wanted to uh, have a leg up on their time management or get to the root of their time management nightmares and I have subsequently developed it from uh, doing uh, courses to doing what I call 180 degree VIP um, days where you spend day with me, and uh, we take your, we get to the root of your time management nightmare, rip it up by the root, take a look at what the issue is, and then we, you have the opportunity to totally recreate your time management from the bottom up, as we say. So um, I don't do tips really. Um, the tips come after we've done the initial work of getting to the root of the issue, which lies in your past, uh, your past relationship to time, and the decisions that you made in your past about time management. So that's where um, I created this program. Um, Anyone can do this program. It's really rather uh, simple, not easy, but simple. And, um, yeah, that's that's where it all started for me. That's 2010. Mm -hmm. 
Great. Yeah, I love that approach, like getting really to the root of it. So I can see how that would be really powerful and very impactful as well. So thank you for sharing that. So before we jump in to the questions, I'd like to invite our listeners to call in with any comments or questions. The number is 646-716-9397. Again, that number is 646-716-9397. And we will take calls throughout the show. So feel free to dial in at any time. So, Tanya, thank you again so much for your time. I know you're really busy. Uh, you were just telling me that you're in the middle of, um, you know, your consulting work, and you also just got recently got back from Denmark and still kind of, you know, catching up on your rest and things like that. So I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to to join us. Uh, and you obviously are demonstrating your, your very good uh, time management skills. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. If I didn't, it would be a problem right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if anything, I mean, that is a really good example of how to manage your time well. If you can accomplish all of those things, um, then, you know, hats off to you for sure. So I'd love to dive more into that. So can you tell sure. us a little bit more about your background and how you even got into this area of expertise? Okay, so I have been a uh, course leader, program leader, seminar leader. I was a coach for many, many years. Um, this is my third company. Um, I was I started off doing um, programming for youth at risk, so I was working with families and, and young people in Denmark who um, you know, fall into the risk areas, you know, cutting school, um, criminality, all kinds of problems, and. Um, and then I segued into coaching uh, adults. Uh, at one point, I was coaching some major um, uh, performance artists in Denmark because I'd gone from coaching young people to coaching adults. And uh, one of my specialties was uh, performing artists. And then um, some of my clients started complaining about you know their time management. It's, you know, as a, as a performing artist, one of the things that you're really bad at is managing your time um, and managing your, your company. So, you know, or, or managing your, your band or managing your, your career. So I've been working with these artists for some years and they all started talking about, you know, I'm having such a hard time making ends, you know, not making ends meet, but uh, being able to manage my uh, career or manage my my personal life, you know, with my uh, professional life. And I said, okay, you know, let me go away and do some work on that. So I did, and, um, you know, one of the things that I'm known for is that before I will roll anything out, I try it on myself. And it wasn't like, you know, even though it was my second company, it wasn't like I was the best time manager on the planet either, you know. Um, So I could, you know, really relate to them. And I thought, okay, let me see what I can develop from, you know, the the things that I used to use in my coaching practice, what I used to use with the young people. And uh, it really worked. You know, I developed this program, and uh, I tried it out on myself, and I was like, wow, this stuff really works. So then, you know, I I put it into course form for people, and I I was running a few courses uh, in London uh, at that time, and people were taking the courses, and they were raving about it. And I was like, wow, this really, really works. So, um, but, but then I decided that I didn't want to be someone that's going to be filling up courses. 
so I started doing it in uh, organizations, you know, if, if someone wanted me to come and do the course and they had to, you know, get their staff together or get their colleagues together or, you know, get their partners together and I would do it uh, at their organizations. And then, you know, I, I you basically, you know, I, I always, like I said, I always use the program on myself. So the the more... I wanted to streamline things the more creative I got. So, you know, the, the last, uh, um, you know, to call it uh, variation of this program is called uh, a VIP day. So basically I get on Skype with people. So I, this also allows me to work all over the world without having to travel all over the world. That, that's saving time, right? So that, that was a, you know, basic um, time-saving tip for myself because I wound, I had, previously been like traveling to London from Copenhagen or I'd be traveling to the United States to do these programs and I thought there's got again it's got to be a better way so um, I developed it for Skype Um, I share my screen with my clients I show them my own calendar um, and I work with people all over the world uh, that way so that's the that's the latest iteration of the program which is a VIP day we get on together I have people bring all of their time management capture tools, and we basically go through everything um, from, you know, from their thoughts about time management and the history of their time management to the actual um, processes or structures that they use to capture their time, their calendars, uh, if they are online or paper calendars or to-do lists or, you know, like that. Right. Yeah, I really like that mm-hmm. concept, that idea of the one-day intensive or the one-day, you know, VIPs to really deep dive. And also, of course, yeah. it's uh, time, you know, um, time-saving as well because you just have that one day where you're really going deep into what the issue is, uncovering that, and then, of course, working on those strategies that you help your clients with. So that makes perfect sense. And, of course, the Skype is right. such a big bonus that, you know, you can leverage technology like that so that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Your clients can be anywhere. Yeah. Fantastic. So I know we'll get into a little bit more about your programs and, and what you offer um, towards mm-hmm. the end of the show. But what I'd like to ask you now is you had mentioned that you tested your program out on yourself initially. So mm-hmm. when you were doing this time, what was your biggest time management challenge personally? And then how did mm. the program help you overcome it? Um, I would say I'm I'm one of those, you know, like creative types of people, which is why I was such a good match for performing artists uh, when they were my clients in Denmark. So the thing that um, I noticed about myself was that I was very easily distracted. So, you know, I'd be doing one thing and, you know, like an email notification would pop up on my screen. Oh, you know, all of a sudden I'd find myself in my email. And then, you know, if I'm in my email and email has a link, oh, click on the link. So then all of a sudden, you know, I should have been doing one thing and I find myself, you know, down this tunnel of distraction and, you know, two hours later I look up and, you know, I've lost two hours of time um, just Mm -hmm. because a notification popped up. And it was the same with the telephone, you know, if if someone sent me a text message, if a, a Twitter notification came through, I was constantly distracted. And, you know, so if I had something that, you know, if I, I had been sitting down to do a piece of work and the piece of work should have taken me 90 minutes, you know, uh, by the time I was 15 minutes in, um, I had been distracted three times, right? So it should have taken mm-hmm. 90 minutes, wound up taking five hours, 
And I thought, this doesn't make any sense. This, this is a problem, right? And I was thinking, if it's a problem for me, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty well educated, you know, I've got a master's degree, I did a bachelor's degree, I've done loads of courses, and I thought, wow, if this is a problem for me, I can't even imagine what it must be like for people who, you know, are trying to run businesses, have kids, you know, uh, what happens to you after you leave home, you know, and, and real life shows up, you know, after you leave school and real life shows up and you've got a job and you've got a mortgage and you've got kids, and you've got a relationship. You know, it's like, this, this must be, um, this must be, this must be a problem for, for more people than just me. Absolutely. In fact, as you were talking mm-hmm. about it, I was like, oh yeah, yep, yep, guilty of those <laughs> and that. <laughs> yes, can definitely right. identify with so, um, for sure. Yeah. So, just talking about, you know, on that specific challenge, just with the distractions alone, what are some things mm-hmm. that helped you to overcome that? Well, first of all, turn off all the notifications. You know, so that's the very first thing that I yeah. do. In, in uh, When I sit down to do a piece of work, first of all, it's in my schedule. And, you know, I have given myself enough time to do that piece of work. So, let's say I need to uh, write a proposal. So I've allowed myself 90 minutes to write the proposals. I sit down, and the very first thing I do is I cut off my email, right? So there's no pop-ups coming in, and I turn off my phone. You know, it, it sounds like it's really something very, very simple and very, very basic, but you know how few of us do it? You know, most mm-hmm. of us are thinking that, oh, it'll just ta- oh, I'll just answer this call. Oh, I don't want to miss something. That was the other thing that uh, I recognized from myself, you know, being afraid to miss a possible potential client call or or someone calling you back and but that's what voicemail is for <laughs> you know um, <laughs> yeah you know but but we're so we're so attuned or to uh, and we're so trained to react to these different uh, notifications so i just turn them all off i turn off facebook i turn off twitter i turn off instagram uh what else am i on um <laughs> anything that that would pop up you know, and give me a pop-up notification, it's turned off, you know, and my email. So then, you know, um, one of the other things that I do if I have to do a piece of work for 90 minutes, sometimes, you know, you you just don't get into the groove, right? You know, you're sitting there and and you've been staring at the screen for 15 minutes. So I use something else called multiple put-downs, which is, you know, where you give yourself a, a, a set amount of time to do a task, but you don't sit there for the entire 90 minutes so you know like after 20 minutes I will get up and and walk around uh if I'm in a groove then I'll just hit another hit the the timer for another 20 minutes and carry on doing some work if I find myself stuck instead of just sitting there and procrastinating or going on to Facebook which used to be my favorite distraction uh or or you know looking into Twitter I will you know hit the timer and after 20 minutes I will take a break I'll take a five-minute break, go make some coffee or go, you know, uh, take a bathroom break or whatever, uh, make a phone call, five-minute phone call, um, and then I'll come back to the piece of work. And it's called multiple put-downs because you can do this over the amount of time that you've set for the item that you're trying to finish. And the other thing is if you just find yourself stuck, like, you know, it's been you've put it down twice and you're just not getting anywhere, you stop the Mm -hmm. item and and you put it down for that day or for that time, and you go off and you do something else that you got to do. 
So that oh, way I utilize my yeah, I utilize my time very well because sometimes you know you sit you have scheduled something for yourself and you, it's just not happening. You know, you're sitting there and you know, you know, you know what I mean? You're just like the 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 ideas aren't coming or you know, the proposal just not moving, you know, you're not getting into the you know, the, the rhythm of it. And you're just kind of staring at the screen, and instead of staring at it for 90 minutes, you know, go do something else. Okay. Yeah, that that does make perfect sense. And I think sometimes in our mind we get into this uh, this idea that if we just sit there for long enough, it will just come to us. Sure. If we move away, that's almost like a distraction because we're off right. doing something else, and then we're not really doing the thing that we really need to do. So I think Absolutely. sometimes that can hold us back and keep us sitting there stuck waiting <laughs> for something to happen. Right, exactly. You know, and in, in the meantime, you've got other items that at that moment, you know, your energy might be better attuned to. You know, and maybe maybe this is the time to, you know, uh, go walk the dog or take out the garbage yeah. or do the food shopping or, you know, uh, make the, the the list for the food shopping, you know, anything rather than just having that 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 90 minutes just be frittered away staring at the screen because it's just not happening. Absolutely. And then you tend to get more stuck and I mean, more stressed out in that time. And then Absolutely. you can, you know, come across these mental blocks that just will not allow you to move forward unless you clear that out by, like you said, taking yeah. a walk or doing something else where you're more relaxed yeah. and then you can come back yeah. to that zone of focus to be able to do what you need to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So in this right. area of time management, I know you know earlier on you had mentioned that you do several different things in addition to specializing in time ma- management. What makes this area in particular something that you're so passionate about and you decided to, you know, to kind of explore this more and create a business out of this? Well, because the people that I was Speaking with and that I was working with my clients, you know, you know, we're at that point in our lives where we should be reaping the benefits of our labor. You know, we should be uh, you know, reaping the fruits of our labor. And what mm-hmm. I noticed was that, you know, the more, the, the older we got, the busier we got, the more money we made, the more clients that we took on, the more stressed out we got. And I thought that that doesn't make any sense. You know, I saw people burning out left and right, you know, people that were looking at their careers and going, you know, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Uh, it's something that they had been passionate about, uh, something that they love to do, you know, especially the performance artists. And, you know, but, but because they were so tired and so burnt out um, and so frustrated with not being able to have that, you know, uh, ever-elusive um, uh, work-life balance, you know, not being able to balance between your personal life and, and your work life. You know, I thought this this is not the way this is supposed to go. It's not supposed to get harder. It's supposed to get easier. We're supposed to get better, you know. Um, the older you get and the better that you get, you know, the, the more trained that you are in your field of expertise or that passion that you, you have for, for, for whatever you do or your creativity, it's not supposed to, this is not supposed to get harder. That's not the way this is supposed to go. Uh, you're not supposed yeah. to be, um, you know, taking your phone on vacation when you're supposed to be with your family. You're not supposed to be, you know, getting up from the dinner table uh, to answer a client call. You know, you're not supposed to be interrupting a date to, you know, um, have to uh, deal with the uh, clients or, or work or, or, you know, the things that, that um, 
you may be passionate about and you may love doing, but, you know, what about the rest of your life? So I just felt like, you know, the, the people that I was working with initially um, uh, in the time management area who were my, who were my clients already um, for, for coaching, business coaching, uh, executive coaching, you know, I just thought uh, these, are, these, are, these are people that are doing, you know, really, really, really great things on the planet and they're all stressed out and, you know, myself included. <laughs> and uh, this is not the way this is supposed to go. So I got really, really passionate about giving us back the time to enjoy these lives that our passions create for us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that, that, was, that was really the bottom line. It was like giving people their time back, you know, so you can enjoy what it is that your livelihood, you know, makes available. It doesn't make any sense if you're going to um, have a business that's going to take you away from your romantic life or take you away from your kids. You know, it doesn't make any sense that you're going to be constantly, for me, anyway, it didn't make any sense that you were going to be constantly sacrificing, um, you know, kids' performances that are not going to come again, right? You know, or, yeah. or time with your spouse that's not going to come again. You know, that, that, that's that moment in time that you're never going to be able to get back. And, um, you know, some of my clients were, you know, staring divorce straight in the face or, you know, were on that second marriage already um, and had, you know, run themselves ragged throughout their 20s and 30s and here they were in their 40s and, and some of them starting to be in their 50s and, you know, looking at the same thing, getting ready to happen again. And I was like, no, uh-uh, not on my watch. Yeah, Absolutely. So it's kind of like getting in that driver's seat, right, of your time and your decisions also for your for your life and just taking that back rather than being at the effect of what's going on and just letting Absolutely. or you know, letting yourself be led by circumstances and by Correct. by the limited time that we have. Well well that's that was the other thing that I, I saw, you know, in the very beginning. Um everyone has twenty four hours a day. And some people yeah. use that to run corporations and some people use that to run co- co- you know, countries. And then there's the rest of us going, oh, if I only had, you know, more time in my day, well, you're not going to get any more time in your day. It's about being able to manage the time that you've got. And, um, you know, I found that that was based in how you think about time. What are your thoughts about time? Because we know that our thoughts control our actions. So if your thought is, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough you know, time, is scarce, you know, uh, then that's how you're going to be acting. That's how you're going to be behaving. But, you know, if you, if you are working from a, a, a concept, you know, a thought called, you know, I've got all the time in the world, or time is plentiful, plentiful or time is abundant, you're going to be operating in life like that. Absolutely. And even just saying those words, it's like so much less stressful to operate from that mindset. And the, the thing that stood yeah. out for me as well, as far as your approach goes, is you incorporate the whole psychology of it. So it's not just strategy, because you can find, you know, uh, like you said earlier, like tips and, and things like that anyway, right, on, on what to do. Yeah. But it's really dig deep and going under the surface to see what is, men- you know, what is like mentally going on. Um, why, why are you doing the things that you're doing or not doing the things that you, you really want to be doing? And then tapping in from that level so that, um, you know, then you can move into more of the strategy based on that. So, yeah, your approach, I love that. I mean, it's spot on, obviously. Um, and I know right. you've been getting incredible 
um, resolve. And also, your passion comes through so strongly because, like, I, like you mm-hmm. said, it's something that you were focused on even for yourself personally, and you notice such a big need out there. And we've got, you know, we're living in this time where there's almost like this epidemic of overwhelm and stress and burnout. Yeah. And I see that so much in, with um, clients and, and people that I know. You know, they're always asking. Uh, they're always saying, I just, mm-hmm. there's too much going on. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know. There's nothing mm-hmm. that can really come up and I, I don't really know what to do. And, again, that goes back to being kind of at the effect of their circumstances really, rather than mm-hmm. really just taking control, taking charge of it, and knowing what to do. Well, you know, you, you really hit the nail on the head when you said the psychology of it. Um, if uh, you were to look on my LinkedIn page, uh, one of my clients, who actually is a, a friend of mine who I went to high school with, um, she said, you know, if a cognitive therapy session married um, you know, a coaching session, you would have my course. And, you know, yeah, because it, it's like, it is kind of like behavior modification and cognitive, that's what she said, behavior modification and cognitive uh, theory. Um, because I do go into the whole mindset uh, about time management, and I do a regression process um, with my clients that takes them all the way back to, you know, their childhood and what decisions they made about time and time management already back then, you know, um, at the age of four or at the age of uh, eight or at the age of, you know, teenager, you know, those times when we were getting, you know, doing that stuff in school that we were getting by by the skin of our teeth, yeah? And then we got to college and we perfected getting by by the skin of our teeth. And uh, then you graduated from college and uh, all of a sudden you're out in the working world and you've got to balance your checkbook and you've got to you know buy your own food and you've got to cook your own meals and you've got to do your own laundry and you know all that stuff there is to do and handle um, um, and now all of a sudden that uh, uh, getting by you know scraping by by the seat of your pants doesn't work anymore and I call those hangover habits you know, because they're like uh, back then where we used to, you know, be able to party from Thursday till Sunday and get up and go back to school on Monday. You know, you try doing that now, you know, and you've got two days to recover, you know. It's the same thing. If you have a habit that, you know, used to work when you were in a different context or a different environment, which meant being at home and your parents were taking care of everything, and then the moment that, you know, life starts to show up, um, you know, partners, jobs, kids, you know, um, oh. careers, uh, if you want to start your own business or if you're running your own business, you know, then all of a sudden those hangover habits really don't uh, carry the day any longer and you wind up on the, other, on, on the other side of that and that's where the stress starts and that's where you start, you know, uh, what I call borrowing from Peter to pay Paul because yeah. You just, you know, your your time no longer, uh, it, it no longer is your own because you've given it away. Um, you're no longer in charge of this thing. Uh, it overwhelms you. It, you know, p- pretty much steamrolls you. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to work over the weekend or I'm going to have to work in the evening or I'm going to have to. I know people that actually take vacation to catch up on work. You know what I mean? That's yes, I've like, heard that too. Wow. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, that, that is that, a scary. Thing. That that's kind of the you know the way we um, we run our lives for sure. Um, and actually, yeah. I love that you brought up uh, not just the kind of the psychology and uh, um, you know the cognitive piece of all of this, but also that you you talked about 
growing up, you know, and, and certain things that we experience or maybe even beliefs that we have from childhood or, or that experiences that we have that shape the way we now think and, and act and behave. And two things mm-hmm. that, that came up for me that I hear a lot is uh, the one is that whole FOMO thing. And you mentioned this earlier as well, the whole fear of missing out on something. Like if you have to pick and choose, it's this whole fear of, but I don't want to do that because I'm going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. And like the example mm-hmm. you gave with checking your phone, you know, like you don't want to miss mm-hmm. out on reaching out to your mm-hmm. client or whatever that is. And then the second thing mm-hmm. that seems to be a, a big deal is people have the hardest time getting stuff off their plate. They feel like they have to be controlling every single little part of their lives rather than maybe giving, you know, giving some of that up, maybe even taking it off their plate or delegating or, you Mm -hmm. know, finding ways to get around that. And a lot of that comes from, Mm -hmm. um, I think, the belief and how they grew up and what they were used to thinking and different things like that. So in those particular mm-hmm. uh, cases, just because they're so common, um, what would you say to a, a client? I know this is totally putting on, on the spot, Tanya. <laughs> um, <laughs> no what, how would you address those things, the fear of missing out, and then also this idea of I have to do all of these things. I can't take it anything off my plate. Right. Well, I, it's so interesting. Uh, last fall I did a presentation in uh, Belfast, and um, it was a group of um, social media uh, experts. And uh, one of the guys and I were on Twitter the night before. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was trying to, you know, I was uh, having a chat with him about, uh, and he was saying the same thing, you know, well, how are you managing your clients? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm, I'm a social media expert, so I have to be at my client's second call 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. So we went back and forth. And, I, you know, we, yeah. we were laughing about it the next day because his experience of his company and his life was juggling. And I asked mm. him, what would it be like for you? Because he and I, we met at the conference and uh, then we took a long walk. And I said, uh, what would it be like for you that, uh, that you never had to juggle again? And he said, oh, my God, you know, the experience would be calm and peaceful. And I said, okay, so if you were calm and peaceful, do you think that you would be giving your clients better or worse service? And he said, well, obviously I'd be giving them better service. I was like, great. So what about sacred scheduling when you are available for your clients and when you're not available for your clients so that you can be calm when they, you know, when you make a time for them, office hours or whatever you want to call it. And then the rest of the time you're developing, you know, your your um, skills or you're developing your product and not jumping mm-hmm. up every 10 minutes, you know, from the development of your social media platform. And and I know he's taken all this stuff on because I see the, the work that he's been doing and it's brilliant. And it's because he's, he's allowed himself to stop juggling and to, you know, say, you know, my clients can reach me uh, between uh, 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. and then again between uh, 12 and 1 and then again, you know, he's made uh, segments in his day to address the client needs because, you know, the difference between just picking up the phone every time it rings, um, which is all day long, and making and having your clients be aware of the fact that these are the hours where I can be reached and this is going to give you a better service, then they, they actually fell into line very, very easily and very, very quickly. Um, they're like, oh, great, I'll call you tomorrow between 7 and 8. Cool, I'll be available. Or, you know, if I can't make that, you know, he, he made himself several slots during the day 
but then that allowed him to have the other hours to the development of his product and his company. So that was the answer to one of your questions. Um, and the other question was, remind me, please. So the first one is this, and I think this is the one that you addressed, this fear of missing out, the fear that you have to be at right. maybe uh, science making call on that, and I think that's the one that you answered. Yeah. And then the other one is giving up control, feeling like you have to do everything. Uh, right. Well, that's, you know, again, that's an illusion, you know, because mm-hmm. none of us have full control. Again, okay, if I, if I let me back up a little bit. I spoke earlier about these um, people that uh, you know, that uh, run countries and corporations uh, with the same 24 hours a day that the rest of us get, right? Yeah. When you look at people that run corporations and that run countries, do they do it by themselves or do they have teams? Right. They, they have teams. You know, they, 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 they delegate all the time because, you know, unless mm-hmm. you have a very, very small uh, uh, intention, you know, then, then you can't handle it all yourself. And it's an illusion and a fallacy to think that you can. Uh, and so, so what I, you know, talk to them about is, you know, if you want to be effective, then it's a matter, not a matter of giving up control, but more so a matter of working with others, collaboration, so that, you know, everything gets handled, but not necessarily by you. You know, there are other people that, that actually could be better at some of this stuff than you are anyway, you know. Um, and you're just doing it all out of habit. That's something that, you know, you may have developed when you were, you know, uh, in grade school. You know, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's just not sustainable yeah, in your current life. And you actually life. just answered yeah. my next question, which is this fallacy that nobody can do it as well as we can. You know, that we've owned this area <laughs> for so long. That if we give it right. give it up, first of all, there's that whole learning curve, and then on top of that, it's like always this question: Are they going to be able to come through for me? And can I depend on them? And, and that's a whole other story mm-hmm. when it comes to the psychology of it. Right. Uh, but that's right. something that goes on in our minds, and it's this whole fallacy of no one can do it like I can, which is really it's right. not even it's not even true. Um, and we burn, yeah, and that an leads a quick road to burnout, right? Obviously, to to do that, um, and then you're no Absolutely. good to anyone. Right. Yeah. At least so, of all yeah, yourself. that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to kind of take a step back for just a moment, there's all of these buzzwords right now around time management, and you mentioned like the work-life balance and all of these things. So many things going on right mm-hmm. now, just because there is this incredible need for help, you know, for people to get help in these areas. So I was just curious mm-hmm. about how you um, define time management. There's so many different ways to define it, but I'm, I'm wondering, like, what is what is the way that you look at it, and how do you define that? Well, first of all, you know, um, the reason that it's called 180-degree time management, uh, my company is called that, is because I have taken time management and I flipped the perspective 180 degrees, so I've done an about-face. Um, and look at it, you know, from a different perspective, which is um, not so much the buzzwords and the five top tips and, uh, you know, um, make more of your time or do more for less. I don't, I don't work that way. I work with the root of the issue, which is your past and all the raw material that you bring to the table, which are your thoughts. Um, and, you know, because I, I'm of the school of thought that if you deal with the root of the problem, you will never have to deal with it again. If you continue to deal with the 
symptoms, you know, just just like, you know, if you have, if you constantly get a headache and you continue to take aspirin for the headache, you know, you might be mm-hmm. missing what what's the cause of the headache, you know, that you, you've got a tumor or you've got an aneurysm or, you know, something. So I like to deal with the root of the issue. Um, and that's why, you know, the, the my clients are, are really happy with the results because they know that once we take this thing, you know, once we dig the root out and, and we brush it off and we look at it, we have gotten to the source of your time management challenge, nightmare, uh, difficulty, and, and you're never going to not be able to see that again. Yeah, it's once it's exposed, it's exposed for good, right? And then you can. What we do is we work on dealing with what we have now exposed. So um, the the thoughts that you have had about time management and the disempowering thoughts that you've had that have been running your time management. Um, we, we take, um, we, we get to look at those and then you get the opportunity to remake those decisions from your current perspective, from your current age. So, mm-hmm. you know, for example, um, when, when we're kids and when we're teenagers, we, we make a whole bunch of decisions that uh, don't really serve us and that they're not, you know, they're not very empowering. You know, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm ugly. I'm slow. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like that. And if I were to take out my client files, I could come up with hundreds of them. Uh, right. And, you know, right, you know, so the, the point of, the, the whole point of the, the exercise is to take those disempowering thoughts and then to, you know, turn around, have a conversation with that young person that you were and say, hey, you know, you made this decision about that, but if you were to look at yourself now, what would be a decision that would empower you? in this area rather than disempower you. So, you know, and that's where the, the creativity comes in, the uh, maturity comes in. And instead of dragging around these young, unrevealed thoughts that have, you know, become habits and have become like the air you breathe, you get to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm now in charge of all this. I'm an adult. And um, I can say how it's going to go from now on, so you take that, you know, that disempowering decision and you create yeah. an empowering decision, um, and that's where you operate from from then on. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, it does happen during the VIP day. You get to go from, you know, the disempowering decisions. You, we, we reveal all of those, and then we create some empowering decisions, and then I do a coaching series where you get to embed those uh, empowering decisions in your day-to-day life, in your schedule, in your habits. Um, and and in your thought processes. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Because, of course, with that approach, and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen this time and time again with your clients and even with yourself, is that you obviously have a much higher chance of long-term success rather than yeah. just, like you said, like you know, plugging the hole, you know, when um, when there's an issue and just trying to try a different strategy and to see what works. So with getting right. to the root of it, working through that, and then coming up with the day-to-day, you know, how do you, how do you change some of those behaviors or what strategy do you implement? It, it makes so much more sense to base that on the actual problem and overcoming that problem versus just on some strategies that are kind of generic. Absolutely. And the other thing that, you know, I discovered, you know, because I read all the books too, uh, you know, before I did this, is that 
you know, it is a difference. Uh, it, it's much more powerful to create your own uh, empowering decision than it is to take on the, that of the authors, you know, um, like, you know, do, do like me or do like Mike or do, you know, do like the, the, the author of the book and you'll have, you know, you'll be successful or you'll, you know, be a millionaire or with time management, you know, it's, it's, it's about the decisions you made, not the decisions that the author made. And which is why I've, I've found and my clients have found that, you know, by the time they get to me, some of them have read the books that I've read and they've done the courses that I did. And they're like, it, it never lasts. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can do it uh, for a month or I can do it for three months, but I always slide back into the same habits that I had before because they're familiar and I know them. And I said, well, that makes sense to me. So, you know, if you're the one that made the decisions in the first place and created the habits in the first place that uh, don't empower you, then you're the one to create the habits and make the decisions that will empower you because it's personal to you and your life. Absolutely. To me, that's like those breakthrough moments in your sessions, right? So it's like those breakthrough moments yeah. in, in coaching. It's like when I do my coaching sessions, it's kind of that light mm-hmm. bulb, aha, like, oh, my gosh, this is why I've been behaving in this way. And then you can really, you know, just pull out that pull out that route and, and move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just a, a quick thing for, you know, for our listeners, um, for people that are listening in, is to just start with maybe questioning where this comes from. Even just ask yourself, if you notice a pattern that you are constantly overwhelmed and you constantly just have too much and you don't know what to do, ask yourself, you know, where, where this comes from, like in your past, and, and why is it, or not why, but rather um, what is it that has created this, um, this pattern? And I know that has been something that's very, and I know that it's very simple, just one question, but for me there's been a series of those that has really unpacked some of my own personal blocks when it comes to mm-hmm. making certain decisions or not making decisions and feeling, you know, and procrastinating or those kinds of things. So sometimes right. starting off with something as simple as that and just sitting down and being really mindful of what is going on and asking yourself, mm-hmm. where does this come from? And a lot of times you, you'll start to remember things. Like, you're, like for me, it was, I started to remember times in my past where I felt, like you had mentioned, there's some really powerful things, like you're not good enough, you mm-hmm. know? So to take an yeah. example, like with my clients, like I work in the career space. So in your career mm-hmm. where you feel like you constantly have to do more, prove yourself because you're not good enough, and mm-hmm. you constantly have to just mm-hmm. push, work more hours, do whatever it takes, say yes to every single request that comes your way because you have this fear of getting fired because somehow you feel like you're not measuring up. So it's those kinds yeah. of things. And really just getting to the root of that uh, sometimes can really open up that door um, and help you have that moment that it's like, oh, my gosh, why do you know, this doesn't even make sense for me to still be in this belief system. And that is really what is fueling this, um, my, you know, the, the fact that I, I feel like I'm completely out of control when it comes to managing my time. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we mm-hmm. talked a lot about what you know with some of these challenges that people seem to have, but in addition mm-hmm. to what you had mentioned as far as um, the psychology piece of it, like you know why people struggle so much in this area, what have you mm-hmm. noticed as far as why this is like one of the I would say like one of the top problems that I notice, especially with career women, um, that is like mm-hmm. you know ah. top of mind a lot of times when they come to me. So why do you think this is such a huge area of struggle for people? <laughs> well, there are so many reasons. One of the reasons I would say the top reason for women 
would be the fallacy of multitasking that we actually believe that we can because we yes. think that we've had to, you know, the, the feeding of the children while making, you know, the dinner, while, you know, filling out the spreadsheet, while, you know, while being on the phone with a client. You know, we think that we're actually uh, getting it all done. The problem is uh, that science has proven that you cannot hold two cognitive processes at the same time. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of you know, when it comes to your work life, that's not going to work. Um, and, and we keep trying, it, trying to do it and, and trying to balance all of these things against each other, thinking that we're getting it all done, and that's why we wind up all stressed and everything because um, you're not able to, to, to hold the process, two processes at the same time. So, you know, so that I, I say the first thing and, and the first thing I always talk to women about is the fallacy of multitasking. Then there's the uh, comparison problem uh, or the comparison yeah. challenge. You know, why is it that so-and-so can and I can't? Well, you're not inside of so-and-so's life. And the other thing, you know, you don't know what kind of um, support so-and-so has. And you yeah. don't, you're not, you know, you're, and, and a lot of times we tell each other what we think the other person wants to hear. So, you know, we're not mm-hmm. telling the truth of the matter. We're not saying, you know, I'm struggling or I'm dying here or I'm stressed out of my mind. Uh, you know, what is the normal answer when someone asks you how you're doing? Oh, great. You know? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, fine. everything's great. Everything's right. lovely, you know. Uh, you know, the, 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 screw the fact that, excuse my French, but screw the fact that I haven't seen my husband or my wife in, in three days, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or my kids. You know, I've, I've been, you know, running, dashing past my children um, as they're running behind me trying to show me the latest drawing that they've done. And, you know, you've got that whole thing, mommy's on the telephone and she's also making dinner and, you know, here comes, the the love of your life, your little you know your, your precious kid, and holding up a painting that they've done for you and you only, and you look down and say that's great, honey, but mommy's busy. Yeah. Mm. Um. And uh, you know, and, and the next thing you know, you blink, and that kid's a teenager, you know, and they've got their face stuck in an iPad, and you no longer exist, and you wonder what right. happened. Right. What happened yeah. to my relationship with my child? What happened to my relationship with my parents? What happened with, to my relationship to my partners and my friends? I haven't seen my friends in weeks because every time they ask me to go out, you know, I've got yet another thing that I've got to, to manage. I think, you know, one of the things about women is, is that we, we fall into the, um, the fallacy of thinking that we're, we've got to be superwomen, you know, the myth of the superwoman. Um, and yeah. that, you know, all of us, and we, we, we look, as children, we watched our mothers do it uh, from a child's perspective. Again, we didn't, mm-hmm. we don't, didn't realize what our, our mothers were going through. We didn't realize the stress that they were under. You know, we didn't realize, you know, how much that they had to sacrifice of their own, um, uh what's the word, of their own uh, gratification or their own um, satisfaction or their own fulfillment to do all the things that we saw them do, right? Um, so mm-hmm. then we make the mistake of thinking, okay, I've got I've to outperform my own mother 
you know, or my own parents or my, my siblings or whatever. And and that's where we start to, you know, that that's also where I've started to notice that women are starting slowly but surely to say, you know, enough is enough. I, I'm not doing this anymore. Absolutely. And, of course, the whole social media facade just fuels that fire because you see everyone doing all of yeah. these amazing things, and it's like, well, how do they get to do that? And here I am just, like, completely overwhelmed with just everything. Yeah. And then you try to get yeah. up, you know, and then it gets in back into that cycle. So absolutely. Yeah. There's just so much. Like, yeah. And also there's that whole people-pleasing aspect, and you feel, like you said, you feel like you have to be all things to all people at your own oh, yeah. detriment. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the thing so, that, that yeah, most, most of my most of my female clients, if if I you know one of the major things that they always discover when we do the recession process is the inability to say no. Mm. It's, it's almost like a gene yeah. that we have. You know, we're awful at saying no. I can't do that right now. No, I can't do that today. Or no, I can't do that ever. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the the things that I focus on in that area specifically is kind of taking back your power, like standing in your power. And I have to practice this even for myself when it comes to making decisions yeah. and picking and choosing what's important and lining that up with what's important to me, like my values and things like that. But it's not, you know, it's obviously not easy. It takes a lot of practice to be able to, to do that, to say, you know, no, I'm going to, you know, internally, obviously, I'm going to stand in my power with this. And I know that yeah. there's only – only so many hours in the day, there's only so much I can do, and I've got to make sure that I'm being very intentional about how I spend my time. So unfortunately, as much as I would love to do everything, I can't. And so, you know, maybe there's another alternative for that person who's asking me for help. And if there isn't, I'm more than happy to refer them or whatever it is. But just really mm-hmm. standing strong in your power and knowing that only you are in control of your, of your time. You know, nobody else mm-hmm. has the ability to take that away from you unless you give it up, unless you voluntarily right. say, yeah, you can my time for this or that or the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are the most frequent questions, and I'm sure you get a lot, but what are the what are the most frequent questions that you get with regard to this idea of time management and trying to juggle it all? Um, I would say I just had a conversation uh, with a, a, a woman um, who is now a, a new client um, from Ireland, and her question was, um, are there any lost causes? Like she, she, could, she identified herself as a lost cause. Uh, and I was like, no, there are no lost causes. It's just thoughts that you have about yourself. So that, that right there was her, you know, that was the thing that was stopping her from managing her time. She thought she was a lost cause, right? Um, and what are some of the other questions? You know, how do I get a a hold of or get a or get control of my schedule. How do I get control of my day? You know, um, yes, that's a big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do uh, my 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 favorite clients are my procrastinators? <laughs> they, you know, they're like, you know, I have been procrastinating for years, and I was like, well, you know, let me just tell you a quick story about procrastination. Uh, I had a woman who, uh, because I think that procrastination is tied directly to to to-do lists. Because when you have to-do lists, that means that that's something to do. It's not something that is scheduled to be done, right? So if you've ever noticed that there are items on your to-do list that keep coming up, right, 
So I tell them yeah. this story about a woman who was in my uh, one of my courses in London. Who had, uh, I asked her, I said, "What's the oldest item on your to-do list?" And she said, oh, "I've got one here that's 30 years old." I was like, "Get out of here, 30." That was the biggest. <laughs> I, I'd never heard of that one before. You know, that was the oldest yeah. one. I was like, "Okay, you you won." And um, she goes, yeah, you know, um, and I said, well, what, what's the item? And we talked about the item, and I said, what's it going to take for you to get that item off your to-do list and into your schedule? And she said, basically, I, I need a 10-minute conversation with my husband. I said, great, so schedule that 10-minute conversation with your husband on the lunch break. And by the end of the lunch break, she has had the conversation with her husband. She scheduled herself. What it was was getting a driver's license. So during the lunch break, she scheduled herself to start driving for driver's ed, and she is now driving around London. And that had been on her to-do list for 30 years. So you talk about procrastination. Wow, <laughs> you know. that's incredible. And do you think accountability, yes. like your accountability, had anything to do with her making that decision so quickly, or was there, was there more to it than that? It was no, there was more to it. It was it was she needed to discover what it was, what was the thought that she was having that had her not act on that item. That had that item come oh, I really want to learn how to drive. Oh, I really want to learn how to drive. Oh, I should learn how to drive. Oh, I really want to learn how to drive. And uh the the last uh, the the thing that needed to be dealt with was a conversation with her husband. Um about you know, I don't even know what the conversation was. She just told me I need a conversation with my husband. I said, "Well, go have the conversation with her, with your husband." She's like, "Oh, okay, I'll go do that." <laughs> and it was it was really oh. that simple. Just needed a, ch- a chat. And you know, uh, whether it was, I think what you mean about accountability, it wasn't that I held her to account. It was more so that I gave her the space to say what it was she needed to get this item mm-hmm. off her list. You know, most okay. of the time we, we, we have stuff on our list, and no one asks us, why is that on your list? You know, it's just on your list. And, you know, it's one of those things that keeps coming up on your list, and no one asks you, you know, to first of all, why it's on your list instead of in your schedule where it could be dealt with and handled or, or you know, there'd be a time and a date for it. Um, and the other thing is what, what do you need to get this item dealt with? No one asks us that. Right. And those, those questions are oh, not I love that. Those are, are two the... huge nuggets right there is to ask mm-hmm. yourself, you know, why is, it, why is it still on your to-do list and not completely done? And also the second part mm-hmm. of that is scheduling it. You know, just whatever yeah. needs to be done, whatever that step is, put it in the schedule because if it's not in the schedule, it's not going to get done, right? It'll, be, it'll keep staying on that right. to-do list. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what are some of, uh, maybe some other strategies that um, you'd like to share, Tanya, as far as those things go? So getting control of your schedule, like you said, is one of the big things. So what, yeah. what is it that you – or how do you work with your clients around, around just that? Well, um, you know, I, I show them how I deal with my schedule. Um, you know, most of the people that I do work with, uh, at this point anyway, are either on Google – uh, they've got Google or they've got iCal or they've got, you know, one of these uh, schedules that's uh, attached to the email. And I ask them to open it up. And uh, I ask them to share it on the, the Skype screen with me so I can see it. And what's shocking for them is they'll open up their schedule and they'll see, oh, that's not in there. Oh, that item's not in there either. Oh, well, now I understand why things aren't getting done because they're not on my schedule. They're in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> you yes. know? It's like, you know, you're, they're, 
thinking of things that they want to get done, but they don't write them down and they don't give it a time and a space to be dealt with. So, you know, they're shocked that half the stuff that they've just spent, you know, 20 minutes telling me about is not in their schedule. That's one thing. The other thing is, you know, to have the schedule reflect what you're up to. So I color coordinate my schedule. You know, I've got uh, for the time management, the items are in green. For the organizational development and change management work that I do, the items are purple. For my personal life, you know, take a walk, go to the gym, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing, dinner with my partner, uh, that's in blue. Um, I have, I've had uh, coaching, executive coaching that I'm not doing at the moment uh, that was orange, um, you know, so that I know, you know, if, if I look at my schedule and I see an overwhelm of green and, you know, like, and not a whole, and not enough blue, then I know, oh, okay, I'm working too much, right? I need to put some more blue in there. Um, or if, which for me is just a simple thing, you know, some people work visually, you know, and um, it's a really good thing to to sort of get the categories of your life in perspective so you can see it, you know. A lot of times we think, oh, yeah, I've got plenty of time, you know, and I've got plenty of time for my personal life. And then you look at your day, and you see that, you know, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., you've been dealing with kids and schools and pickups and drop-offs and activities and your work and your company and your partner. And, and you have time to do you when? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Last time I did that was three weeks ago when I went out, you know, and had a coffee. With, uh, with my best girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, wow. I find myself saying no to hanging out with my friends because, you know, I don't have any space in my calendar. And that's the thing that, you know, that's, that's a very pertinent uh, point that I, I make with my clients that if you don't schedule time for you, you're not going to have time for you. It needs to be scheduled just as much as your work needs to be scheduled. You see how you schedule your kids and all their activities and stuff, but you don't schedule yourself. You don't schedule, you know, uh, meet with the best girlfriend for cocktails on Friday. You don't schedule that. You know, your girlfriend calls you on Thursday and says, hey, can we meet for cocktails tomorrow? Uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm too busy. Instead of, you know, two weeks ago, you could say, hey, I'd love to meet you uh, and have cocktails. Um, how about Friday, the blah, 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 at blah, blah, blah time. And then, you know, when, when it comes down to that time, it's booked in your schedule. It's blocked for you. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a lot of us know that intellectually, like we need to make, yeah. make time for ourselves and have that downtime um, in order to be more productive. But for some odd reason, uh-huh. it's like, it's almost, again, like we hand over the reins to life and everything else that comes our way and, we kind of push that off uh-huh. to the side when really when you get to the root of the problem, which is what so much of what you focus on, that, that mm-hmm. is it, that we're not giving ourselves the space and giving ourselves the permission to do the things that are going to really help us to be more intentional, to focus more, to be more productive, whether that's at work or even in our personal lives. Exactly. And I exactly. love, I mean, we I'm don't... such a visual person. 
So for us, you know, visual people, um, I think it's brilliant to color code the calendar because it's so easy to just kind of take a look at it, like a snapshot of maybe a month, and look at all yeah. the colors and see what is going on. And I, I do that for my own calendar, and I have, uh, I use Google Calendar, and so I have, you know, all, I have all of the different um, different things scheduled on there with the lovely little colors. So yeah, that is huge. I mean, it's, it helps me yeah. a ton to know what's coming up, and also it helps me to prepare for what's ahead as well. Like if I see a chunk of time that I uh, color code in whatever color, then I know I'm going to be out of town, say, you know, a week from now or two weeks from now. It just helps me to plan ahead and think through those things as well. Absolutely. And it also allows, you know, for me, it allows me to actually handle more business because I can forecast. You know, I can schedule myself out six months. You know, and then, right. you know, if you are, like you say, we talk about the women who are running their own businesses, entrepreneurs and stuff, you know, it, it is a real, um, it's not a nice feeling to look at, you know, to get to a month and look at your calendar and have a whole bunch of, you know, blank days. Because then you know you're not, you're not making money. You know, you're not, you're not doing business. But if you have, you know, used this coordination system and you schedule yourself out six months, then you then three months into the six months you schedule yourself out six months again. I call that forecasting. You're always going to be working. You know, you're always going to have work, right? You're not always going to be working, but you're always going to have work, and that tends to give you some calm about um, not having to stuff your days trying to yeah. get clients, trying to you know work with clients. You know, you can actually take time and go, oh, well, look at that. I'm going to actually take three days off right there because I can. Absolutely. And I'm gonna, what a beautiful yeah. thing that is <laughs> to have that freedom yeah. to do that. When you know that everything yeah. else is already out of your head and out of that space of overwhelm and onto your calendar mm-hmm. and schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's yeah, for entrepreneurs really as, well as, as well as people that have, you know, nine to five jobs. Because, you know, if you look at, uh, again, looking down the pike, you can see, Okay, this is this the uh, annual report is due in three weeks. I can schedule myself, you know, uh, some holiday or just three, uh, a long weekend on mm-hmm. the other end of that. You know, absolutely. So speaking of uh, the nine to five and people that are maybe working uh, out there working a nine to five um, job, I know this is and this is actually the reason I asked this question is because I'm I'm in the middle of creating uh, a program to help people mm-hmm. with getting a job. So with, you know, through the interview process and all of that. And I know this is a big interview question that comes up because mm-hmm. companies, you know, want to know or hiring managers want to know how a potential employee manages their time. So with right. that, um, what are some common time management questions um, that you've maybe uh, come across in that situation? So I know some of the, th- some of the ones that I hear is, um, tell me, you know, when you had a, a heavy workload, for example, and how you handle that, or maybe how mm-hmm. would you describe the pace at which you work? So what would you, how would you respond to those questions, or maybe some others that have come up in these interview type of situations? Mm-hmm. Well, if, I, if someone were to ask me, you know, describe the pace that I work, I would say, you know, slow and productive, um, and not mm-hmm. like slow, like, you know, not fast, but uh, thorough. Sorry, thoroughly and productively. Great. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, you know, if you, I would say to them, you know, in in the interview process to say, you know, look, if you hire me, you know, you know the job is going to get done. It's going to get done in a timely manner. I'm very good at scheduling myself so that I'm not falling behind. And I'm thorough. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I'm not rushed. I'm not hurried. I'm not trying to do too many things at once. You know, I'm not trying to multitask. I do one thing at a time, and I do it very well. Absolutely. And I know for so many years, and this may even be the case now, is that people have this uh, this misconception that multitasking is a skill. You know, it's a positive thing. You <laughs> yeah. want to go into a job and tell them how great you are at multitasking. Right. But you really don't want to do that. Like you said, it's no. not. It's really not something that you want to try to do because your brain just shifts from one activity to the other, and it it's exhausting, yeah. and it it gets you into that stress state and overwhelm and that kind. Of, and of course, you don't Absolutely. do as well in all those areas. Yeah, and you make mistakes. You know, while you're multitasking, Absolutely. you make yeah. huge mistakes, and those mistakes in a job situation, working for someone can be extremely costly. You know. Um, right. You don't want to be talking to one client and then answering another client's email and switch the two, for example. Mm. You know, um, because your brain is telling you to write who you're talking to. You know, because you're trying to do two things at once. And you know, I, I remember doing that. You know, and then you get this email, you get this uh, reply back from whoever you were emailing. Like I'm, you know, you, you were, that's a mistake. You emailed the wrong person, and I really get the uh, idea that you weren't paying attention to me. You know, mm. bye bye. You know, right. or, or disgruntled or frustrated, and thinking that you know you're not paying attention or you're you know flighty. Yeah. And that's a great point, too, that it is perceived. I mean, that's a huge risk, first of all, that you take when you do that. It's huge because yeah. the repercussions of that, depending on the environment and the type of work you do, could be massive. And that's just not something that you really want to um, want to do. And that was a great example of that as well. So mm-hmm. with that, like, what are, the, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about time management? We've talked about the multitasking. Is there anything else that... Um, that comes up for you when it comes to this, these misconceptions of what it means to really manage your time well? Hmm. Let me see. Another misconception. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I work best under pressure. I love that one. That cracks oh, me yeah. up. You know, <laughs> and it, it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no one works best under pressure. It's just that you procrastinated until the last minute, and you have to work under pressure. <laughs> so, you know, for, for for my procrastinators, you know, that that always you know, that that's that's their claim to say, oh, I work so well under pressure. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, you just have to yeah. work under pressure. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, I work best under pressure. Um, uh, oh yeah, um, I work best uh, on, on, on a deadline. You know, I work best at the last minute. Oh yeah. And uh, again, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, nobody works. You know, you're not your most creative when you've got to cram something in an hour. That you know, mm-hmm. if you had six hours to you know do a deep dive and to mm-hmm. you know look at different sorts of approaches to the issue or to the problem solving that wouldn't make a huge difference in your production, you know, or in, in, in the product that you produce, you know. So, no, you know, last-minute uh, cramming, that, that's, again, that's a, that's a hangover habit. I call them hangover habits, you know. That's what you used to do when you were a kid and you had, you know, stayed up too late and you didn't do your homework and you told your mom you did. And, you know, here you are on the bus or, or the train, you know, if you went to school like I did, you know, in Manhattan, 
um, trying to get your homework done or trying to get that report written, you know. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not the same thing that if you had set out, you know, three hours the night before and done a deep dive. It's just not going to turn out to be the same way. So those are my two favorite misconceptions. Yeah, and there's so much that comes up for me as you were talking about those things. Because just because you have the ability to get things done in crunch time doesn't mean that you're doing it well. And that actually right. reminds me of something you had said earlier about those time blocks. Because if you if you do have that mentality of I like to you know get things done on a deadline, then why not schedule those time blocks ahead of time? You still have a, you know a block of time in which to work. Yeah. But you have several of that lead up to that final deadline so you don't feel like you're waiting until the 11th hour and you're not producing your best work even though you think that it's it's done and it's good. <laughs> you know, and again, exactly. there's a level of risk. There's definitely a huge level of risk when you do that because you don't have the luxury of time to go through your work again and review and all of that. It's like, no, I just have to hit the deadline and, and push it out and that's it. We're done. <laughs> exactly. So very risky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with, I just want to talk about your program as we wrap up here, uh, Tanya, and thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know we're a little bit over, but I do want to um, no give listeners the opportunity of, um, you know, of really uh, getting into your program and learning more about it. So, uh, again, I want to just mm-hmm. touch on that. So what makes your time management program unique? Well, I'm the only one that's working with the root of the problem, and I'm the only one that's coming at it, you know, as far as I can tell. Uh, from this cognitive point of view um, and, and doing a regression process for you to be able to see what are your thoughts, you know, what's your thought processes about time, where, what have they always been. So, you know, it's cognitive, it's developmental, and it goes back to the root of the, the, the issue. Um, and that's what I find unique about this, and that's what my clients find unique about this. It's not... This, you know, it's not, again, dealing with the symptoms. It's dealing with the root of the problem. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that that would be, you know, my that, that's what I find. I find it to be, you know, comprehensive. The program is comprehensive. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's thorough. Um, it doesn't leave you questioning anything. You know, most, uh, I would say 99.9% of the time, by the time we've done the third regression, you know, and you've gone back three ages, you know, from the, the the past year to your adult ages to your teenage ages, my clients are like, oh, they're already seeing the th- the theme. It's oh, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's you know, this is the theme of my life, you know, um, mm. and so that's what makes it unique. Uh, again, I'm also not. The reason that this program works so well is that it can work for anybody because everybody has their own history and their own per- and their own thoughts, and those are personal for them. So, you know, it's really kind of a cookie-cutter solution because mm-hmm. no matter, you know, if you are a 70-year-old grandmother or a, you know, 22-year-old recent graduate, your history is unique to you. Right, and your thoughts are unique to you. So you know, no matter what thoughts that come up, they're yours. They belong to you, and developmentally, yeah. you can trace them back. And that's what makes it so unique, and it makes it so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So, who are your? I know you said that the program is really designed to help anyone, but who are your mm-hmm. typical uh, clients, Tanya? 
Well, um, yeah, typical. It's people who have reached that pain point. So, you know, my clients are successful. They are extremely busy. Um, and they're, you know, in that 35 to 50, 55-year-old range where it's starting to get, it's starting to be crunch time, you know. Um, they may be, you know, they, they, they've got kids, they've got careers, uh, they're, they're, you know, getting promotions, there's more to do, and they're experiencing less time to do it in, Right. So, you know, uh, my my clients are professionals. They realize that it's going to get worse before it gets better. They've gotten to the point where they're like, okay, I can't manage this anymore uh, without some, some, some help, and I'm ready to invest the time and, and the money that it's going to take for me to get to the root of this issue once and for all and deal with it. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And actually you brought up something that I was going to highlight as well, and that is being that it is a time management cost, you're obviously very mindful when you put it together that it has huge impact, but in a, it's structured in a way that doesn't involve, you know, a huge amount of time to be able to, right. um, to invest, get the results. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Which obviously being a time management cost is uh, is. Important, like really critical <laughs> to be able to yeah, achieve that. Is. And I know you, you do that really well. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be, um, you know, taking up a whole bunch of your time. I want you to be able to hit it. And then, yeah. uh, you know, in the seven hours that we worked that day to get everything up and exposed and recreated, and then to spend some time on one hour coaching sessions with me to get it embedded in your daily life. Some people take six coaching sessions from me and, you know, off they go. Some people, you know, come back and want to do 12, you know, because they really want to do a deeper a deeper dive. And some people go away and then they, you know, come back and, and do a refresher. Right. And the reason I wanted to highlight that is that that is an objection that I know comes up a lot for people. Yes, I know I need to do a better mm-hmm. job at time management, but I don't have the time to you <laughs> yeah. have to do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, lots of exactly. irony in that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So what are the top, the three top results, as we wrap up here, the three top results that um, that you get for your clients, Tanya? Um, three top results. Well, control over their schedules and mm-hmm. um, a, a clear view of what has been in the way and an upgrade in their, what do you call that? In their ability to structure their lives. Okay. That is definitely a very unique uh, approach, and I can see how that kind of a, almost a holistic approach can be really impactful. Yeah. 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 Love yeah, that. Thank you. So, I just want to thank you so much again for taking the, the time to be on the show um, today. And it's been so valuable. I mean, I've been taking so many notes and learning so much from you, and I know our listeners are probably doing the same. Um, so, Tanya, as we wrap up the show, is there anything that you would like to share with our guests, any closing thoughts? And also, if they'd like to get hold of you, how can they do that? Sure. 
Well, you know, one of the things that I always tell people when they finally get to me is that, you know, congratulations, you know, you have actually, you've come to the right place and you've come to the right point in your life because it is not going to get better. You know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So um, what I like to do with clients is to have them uh, hit a link that I have. I, I've sent it to you, and I know that you're going to put it out there. Schedule once once link where you can take a free strategy uh, assessment. So I ask a, a series of questions, and you can answer those questions for yourself and then book a time with me to go over the questions and to, you know, schedule a VIP day. Um, so that's one way to do it. The, the other way to do it is to go on my website and read. If you'd like to read uh, about the time management, there's a couple of videos there as well. And you can also, um, there's the whole for more information section where you can get a hold of me through email. Um, the, I have a Facebook group that you can apply to become a part of, and it's called the Secret of Time Management University. We're about, it's a closed group, so you have to apply to get into that group, and um, we're about 52 people right now that are, you know, exchanging ideas. A lot of the people in that group are clients um, that are, you know, exchanging each other now that they've done the VIP day, and they're empowering each other, and, you know, you're sharing this Um, go ahead and do something about it instead of waiting for it to get better. Uh, because if it hasn't gotten better by now, uh, the chances of it getting better on its own, by itself, are pretty much slim to none. Right. Yep, that is so true. And I just want to reiterate um, what Tanya said. And I've, I'm in her group, which is absolutely fantastic. She shares so much valuable information and just the idea of, you know, having that community, there's just so much value that you can get. So if you'd like to join the group again, that's the Secrets of Time Management University. Is that right, Tanya? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And can they get to it from your website as well? Um, yes. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they can. I think you, you click on the, the – no, I'm sorry. That's a uh, old group called uh, 180 Degree Time Management. But if you go on that page, there's a video on that page that directs you to the group. So, yeah, you can click on the, the Facebook link on my website. It will direct you to the old page, which will direct you to the new page. Okay. And, again, if you go onto uh, Tanya's website, you'll see as you scroll down the home page, there's the contact form. So go ahead and contact her that way as well. And I also wanted to just let you know that I've watched uh, your videos, and I think all of them um, that are, um, I believe, on your website, and they are fantastic. Mm -hmm. In fact, when you share that story, um, and some of them I think are of you presenting to an audience, and I know one yeah. of the videos you shared the story of uh, the lady who was kind of procrastinating getting her driver's license done. So when you said that again, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the video. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to mention that because there's so much value in those videos. And they're you know completely free um, to watch. And Tanya is just absolutely amazing. I mean, you can already hear from the call, but in person, she's really amazing at the way she delivers, and um, really very very valuable to be able to watch those videos. So I highly recommend you follow her, um, watch those videos, join the Facebook group, and of course reach out to her through that contact form. Um, and like she said, I will post the link on this page where you access the radio show. When the show is done, I'm going to copy and paste that link over so that you can go ahead and request one of those strategy sessions with her. 
So again, thank you so much, um, Tanya. I really appreciate it. It's been incredibly, incredibly um, valuable. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, it has been my absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Risha, for having me on the call. Oh, no problem. And as always, for any of you listeners who uh, normally tune into the show, you know I always like to wrap up with a relevant quote. And so this is the quote that I chose for the show today. Your time is valuable. Don't waste it living someone else's life. And this is a quote Mm. from Steve. And I know Tanya touched on this earlier as well, like this idea of comparing ourselves to others. But really the reason I chose that quote is simply, you know, don't waste your time on things that don't bring you joy. So make sure that whatever Mm. decisions you make as far as how you spend your time, it's in line with what's really important to you so that you can live a life that's more joyful, more peaceful, and just uh, healthier for you and for those around you as well. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening in. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can contact me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at charissasebastian.com, and my website at charissasebastian.com. All my social media links can be found on my site. And I also invite you to check out uh, my Facebook group called the Confident Career Woman Club. Um, There are links on my website to that group, and uh, you're welcome to send me a request to to join that group. And that's a support group for women who are in the corporate world, and we talk about all kinds of topics, um, and I address any challenges and uh, any concerns and help that you might need with your career. So, again, that's the Confident Career Woman Club. And um, you can go straight onto Facebook and do a search for the group, or you can link to it from my website. So thank you all so much again. Thanks, Tanya, and enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you are in the world. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.